one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen. And I'm Yvette. And today we're chatting to Louisa Rose and Johnny Benjamin. We're going to be chatting about their book, The Book of Hope, and also about the charity Beyond. We're going to be chatting about all things young people, schools and mental health. I guess working in, in mental health for the last sort of decade, um, you know, unfortunately, I've met a lot of people who, you know, feel like they've just lost hope or you know they've given up that it's 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 heartbreaking some of the things that you know when you when you work in mental health some of the stories that you hear and the yeah individuals that you meet that that have lost hope it's yeah for me it's just heartbreaking it's it's it just makes me so uh sad when you meet people the families that yeah feel like they've they've just sort of given up so that's where the idea for the book of hope came from um you know just to try and I don't know inspire people people that feel like they are I don't know yeah lost or or, or hopeless um and you know I wanted it to be a range of different people that that shared their how they found hope how they overcame adversity because you know some people obviously won't be able to relate to my story which is which is cool but hopefully there's someone in the book that you know everyone will be able to relate to at least that's why yeah are so many people to to be in it because I wanted a real wide range of, of different backgrounds and stories and you know ways of finding hope everyone's got a different way of of overcoming adversity and and, and finding that hope so yeah I wanted to have a real, a real range of people with within the book I'm gonna put you guys on the spot now because I know that Yvette is in the book yeah so <laughs> yeah. um so Johnny why did you want Yvette to be involved 
Oh, a vet really inspires me. I met a vet, you know, it was well before COVID. I met yeah. a vet before COVID uh, in person. Um, I think it was actually at the Metro offices, wasn't it? Um, when I first came on the podcast. And um, yeah, just always been inspired by her, particularly, you know, how honest she is and vulnerable and um, particularly on social media, you know, um, it inspires me when I'm going through a particularly difficult time. And um, yeah, just one. I, I was so grateful that Yvette agreed to be part of the, the book because I know, you know, Yvette is really busy and um, she's got so much on. And yeah, for her to take the time and for her to share, again, her vulnerability um, and what, what's, what's helped her in times of difficulty. Just really, really appreciated that. So yeah, thank you, Yvette. Thank you. Yvette, are you enjoying hearing the compliments? <laughs> Well, this is all really lovely. It feels a little bit weird, <laughs> but thanks. Yeah, I mean, it was just really lovely to be asked and to to write about it. And I feel like I bang on about bipolar disorder the whole time to everyone, uh, you know, <laughs> whenever I can. Um, but it was really lovely to be asked to to write about it again. And um, yeah, actually, it was. It, I was really chuffed to actually just be included in the book because it's the first book that I've been included in. So to actually have my name in print and sort of wave that about in people's faces, <laughs> that was a really lovely thing. <laughs> How does your story fit into, because I think it's really interesting, Johnny, that you chose the kind of theme of hope um, rather than, because I feel like there are more mental health books out there now, which is fantastic, but a lot of them focus on kind of just the personal stories um, or more practical tips. So I thought it was really interesting that you were like, I'm going to focus on hope specifically. How does your story play into that? Well, I mean, um, you know, hope has got me through some really difficult times, um, whether that be hope that somehow I'm able to find within myself, but then hope that other people give me my friends, my family, the charity, the work that we do gives me gives me hope. And I just think it's really important to to share that, particularly after the last, gosh, the last kind of two years that we've been experiencing and gosh you know it's been so tough and um so many people you know that I've spoken to around me have struggled in some way with their mental health um understandably and I just think hope now more than ever is just so so essential um and, and you know things are still difficult uh the pandemic's not not over it's still it's still here we're still we're still battling and yeah it's a tough it's a tough time and um I just, yeah, I just, I just wanted to give people some, some, yeah, inspiration, some, some hope. And, um, I've, I've been very lucky in my, in my life, in my experiences to, to find hope, to have hope, uh, at difficult times. And I know not everyone has that, you know, so just wanted to share some, yeah, I guess some wisdom maybe, um, that I've, I've gained over the years personally. And then if it, my question, my question for you was, um, how does your story play into hope? How or how does hope play into your story? Yeah, so I think when I was asked to to write the piece, I was kind of thinking about, you know, one of the darkest times in my life and what I would have found helpful um, at that point. Um, and I guess it's similar to the reason why we set up mentally yours. You know, the idea that um, some people out there are really sort of struggling and feeling very alone in terms of mental illness. So for me, I've I wrote a bit about. Um, basically the around the time of my first manic episode 
Um, and I wrote about exactly what happened because I thought that would be helpful for people, either people who've gone through similar things, but also maybe relatives and friends who they see that from the outside and they're just confused by what's happening. Um, but then the piece also then sort of talks about the things that I've gone on to do since then, because for me, after having that first manic episode, I really felt like my life was over and that there was, you know, I couldn't go on to have any kind of normal life. I couldn't go on to have a job. I'd never sort of have relationships. I'd never even have friends and things. And I guess I was quite hopeless then. Um, so for me, it was about trying to show that actually, you know, things aren't suddenly magically brilliant again. And obviously life has its ups and downs. And especially with bipolar disorder, that is the case. You know, things do get better, but then they can get a bit harder again and then they can get better again. But then they get harder. It's it's an ongoing thing. Um, but I suppose I was just trying to reach out to anyone who's had that initial really difficult time with their mental health um, and sort of say, well, you know, I had a really tough time, but things did eventually get better um and they can get better um yeah that's not too cheesy no I think that fits in the idea of hope and that there is hope moving forward really ties in quite nicely with beyond which is obviously Johnny and Louisa's charity Louisa can you tell us a little bit about beyond especially for listeners that might not be familiar with it yeah of course um so Beyond was actually founded by Johnny and Neil Laburn in 2018. So it was founded as a, a youth mental health organisation that provided grants um, to, you know, mental health initiatives that were just doing great work and maybe might have been quite often overlooked or, you know, small, maybe grassroots ones. Um, and... And they did some brilliant stuff. They did. They supported some brilliant causes. Um, and then it sort of somewhat um, evolved, I would say. Johnny, is that fair? Um, mm, absolutely. And I would say it was around 20, late 2019, and Johnny um, put together what became known as the Beyond Youth Board. And that was a group of about, must have been about, 30 or 40 youth mental health activists that range in age from 10 years old um to I think as I think the eldest is 45 and that's people that are either you know united in a sort of per in personal lived experience um or are united by passion because maybe they've been touched by you know mental health themselves um or loved ones have been maybe they've lost a, a parent maybe they're bereaved by suicide of a parent or um maybe a loved one suffers from schizophrenia or, or whatever it might be so they're all united in this kind of um passion i would say and um and i was one of those youth board members so um when COVID hit and sort of, you know, our, I would say our funding streams um, really became impacted pretty negatively by the pandemic. There's no point in beating around the bush. Um, and Johnny really just got us all together on good old Zoom and um, said, you know, young people's mental health is suffering terribly. And it was at a time, I think, when in the in, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, everybody was talking about um, key workers. We were all clapping for carers, which was amazing. And of course, we definitely should have been. 
Um, but then there was, you know, conversation about job retention schemes and furlough, and there just didn't seem to be anything for the educational community. Nobody was really thinking about the impact that the pandemic was having on young people in terms of, you know, they're going to school, they're not going to school, they can go to school, but they have to have these single file systems, they don't have to go to school, they're having exams, they're not having exams. And then certainly layered on top of that, the impact mentally on the teaching community and, you know, educational support community, because they were effectively having to kind of pick up the pieces or bear the brunt, let's say, of a national mental health system that wasn't able to cope with the demand of um, referrals that were happening um, by young people. And yeah, with no additional resources, let's say. So anyway, Johnny posed the question to us, you know, what can we do? And I designed and um, I designed the UK's first ever national mental health and wellbeing festival for schools and pitched it to the youth board. And I said, the charity's got no money to do to put this on. Um, we all work full time. Um, it needs to be national. It needs to be completely virtual. And it's going to be really, really difficult. But I think we can do it. Is anyone with me? And in true beyond style, every single person just said, yeah, what can I do? And so beyond has somewhat become, um, I'd say, a really, it, it still is an organisation that provides grants, um, whether that is to mental health initiatives or whether it's to schools through the work that we do there. Um, but I think that it's fair to say, I think Johnny would agree with me that we are most proud of what our youth board has um stands for our youth board literally drives the charity they tell us what they want to see change they want they tell us how they want to change it they co-produce everything with us um and the perfect example is that i was on the youth board and i was given the platform to host the festival which then saw about 1200 educational settings take part and so um what would you say has been kind of the highlight for you in terms of your work with the charity um over the past year johnny ah for me definitely this festival that you know louisa created i mean uh, she works so hard to i was i was actually unwell unfortunately i had a relapse uh this time last year so yeah it was tough i was back in hospital and um yeah went through a difficult time uh but you know seeing this festival take shape I wasn't involved because I was unwell, you know, I had to take a step back. But yeah, Louisa and the youth board just took control and they put together this festival with no money, no sort of resource, just incredible, incredible volunteers. That gave me hope, to be honest. That really helped me through a difficult time. Yeah. And I came out of that and this festival, I I feel very, um, quite cheeky because I kind of came to the festival very last minute uh because obviously I've been on well I've taken time off um but yeah I came to the festival and it was just the honestly that the festival day was just it was so I was on such a high it was so exciting um seeing all these schools take part seeing all these young people get involved and then getting the feedback from the teachers and the young people and the parents um it was just so like kind of exhilarating uh to, to be part of just knowing that um would hopefully made a made a difference and then after that seeing the relationships grow uh from the schools that we'd connected to the local mental health providers was just awesome like knowing that you know even today some local mental health 
providers like art therapists are still going into those schools knowing that kind of we've had that longevity that just yeah that's that's a highlight for me not to not to um like therapize both of you but both of you I feel like uh kind of sharing this common theme of like really being passionate about collaboration and like connecting with other people like I feel like with the book of hope it's interesting that you did it in kind of like the anthology instead of just going like no this is my story my book blah blah blah. do you feel like that's something that's important to both of you especially with mental health is that kind of connecting with other people and sharing the spotlight Uh, yeah the only way forward is is collaboration I mean yeah Again, you know, having worked in this space for, for the last decade, just so much is happening in silos. Um, and it really just really frustrates me. And mm. what I'm seeing now, and I don't mean I'm not trying to criticize, but what I'm seeing now is a lot of um, repeat, repeat repetition in mental health. Like, you know, the same campaigns, the same sort of, um, you know, on Instagram, like the same sort of things. People are just doing the same things over and over again. And it's great that people are sort of passionate and, but let's join together. Let's join together. Let's do this as one. We, we, you know, we're so much stronger as one rather than everyone doing their own, their own things. And that's why Louisa put together this, this mental health directory, um, you know, so we can again, join up as, as one. We need to stop working in these, in these silos. We need to join together, come together. And, you know, Louisa and I have found that most people do want to work together, which is awesome. You know, like we, we work with all the charities like Place to Be and the Anna Freud Centre, Young Minds, The Mix, and they do want to join together. And that's really, well, most of them do. And that's really, really positive to see for me. Yeah. And it does sort of show the value of initiatives sort of from the past, like Heads Together, which were about kind of bringing mental health charities together. Because I think we're incredibly lucky in the country that we've got loads of mental health charities, but it does feel sometimes like we've got just so many that, as you say, they may be running similar campaigns or doing sort of, yeah, similar things, but at different times. So it just seems to make sense for them to unite, really, just, I think. And I think also it's not, it's actually not possible to um, to support everybody in the same way. You know, the the UK is made up of, diverse communities it's made up of diverse needs it's made up of you know in terms of the needs of a school in the Shetland Islands they're very different to the needs of a school maybe in the middle of Leicester for example you know and and obviously we're not just talking we 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 don't just think about schools but just in the context of the festival and the directory it's easier to because um that's really what it was it's made it's meant for it was intended to improve the access to provisions so that actually teachers could kind of become autonomous and autonomously decide well this provider would really suit the needs of my school right now instead of this kind of blanket approach um which i think the uk is kind mm-hmm. of guilty of or let's say the government um without being too political is quite guilty of there's a, <laughs> there's just <laughs> That's no allowed. you know it's not um it's a one size fits all and we are not all the same. And, you know, somebody mm-hmm. said to us, actually, I can't remember what, who it was, but somebody said to us um, about sort of standardizing something about the, the look and feel of, um, of, of something that we had put out of our youth board. And I was just like, 
that defeats the entire purpose. You know, our youth board is mm. completely diverse in terms of their mental health experience, their backgrounds, their, you know, their family dynamics, their education, everything. And and that should be celebrated. That shouldn't be kind of lumped together as one. Our youth board is a group of people made up of 30 odd individuals who all bring their own experiences to it. And that's what makes it so unique. Um, and I do think that Johnny and I are super aligned on this idea of collaboration. But I also think that that extends to the youth board because the way that they work together and the way that they celebrate each other's um, projects, you know, we have youth board members that are just challenging the status quo in the most incredibly challenging areas. You know, I mean, just to give you an example, one of our youth board members is a 23 year old young black male from London who is really I think doing I think I don't know if this is fair to say but he is doing more than I've seen in a long time um to make the mental health space more accountable for their kind of I'd say tokenistic Mm. um you know actions because I think what he's found he's he's exceptional he's you know he volunteers for about eight or charities as well as being a student studying psychology as neuros- and neuroscience as well as his you know mental health history of schizophrenia and um you know his um and everything that that brings and he was actually not only just able to um get a petition signed start a petition get it signed by over 300 odd people in the first two weeks but he was actually able to sit down with the ceos of some of the leading national mental health organizations like tell me someone else who doesn't have a sort of let's say public name behind them but that's been able to do that mm. um so i think everybody in the organization just feels the same about coming together and yeah mm. uh, but it's just really powerful that you're giving lots of different voices that platform. I think that's that's what kind of shines through from what you're saying. And again, not to just loop everything back to the Book of Hope, but it's a kind of similar thing where you're going like, rather than just one person speaking on behalf of everyone, let's do lots of voices and give everyone and a chance to, to speak. Just to that even more, um, some of our youth board members are in the book. And that was before before they were actually. Oh, excellent. Yeah, and me. And yeah, but that was before we were youth board members. Like, it just proves the point, you know, and I know he's going to hate me for saying this, but it's Johnny. Johnny has, Johnny, I don't know if it's that, I don't know if that, there's no ego. I, I don't know. There's just like a pure heart led passion for this that he kind of emanates in mm. everything that he does. And I think that that's contagious, actually. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, let's oh, put do. you on the spot. Do. Why don't I you do. have an yeah, ego? No, I, do. I do, but um, it's this work, though. It's this work. There's something about this this work in in mental health. I, I, was at, I spent most of today at a school, actually my old school. I went back to my old school today. And um, it was just like I could have literally spent all week there, to be honest, talking to the young people. There's just something about it. The that that for, you know, I, I was really unwell in my in my teens and twenties. But uh, when I started to give back, when I started to, um, particularly in terms of mental health, you know, I started volunteering for different mental health charities, like Time to Change, and that's how I started. And Rethink Rethink Mental Illness that was yeah my first sort of step into the world of mental health charity charity world, um, and that changed things for me. Just yeah, there's just um, 
there's something really special about it, you know, working with people um, that have been affected by by mental health issues, working with passionate people in this space. There are so many passionate people, as I'm sure you well, you you know you you've spoken to so many passionate, amazing, inspiring people in this space. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of difficult stuff out there in the news. I think you know at the moment, and especially again the past two years, it's been such a tough time. So to be surrounded by you know people that are on on your level you know doing the same kind of uh, amazing work wanting to mm. make a difference opening up about their their mental health I, I just I don't think I could work in any other area now you know I, I worked in tv for a bit and that was a completely different world where everyone's trying to compete with each other to get their next film made and it's tough and no one cares about well that's a bit harsh but it's not it's not the same level of, of care around you know people's mental health everyone's just you know out to try and get that film made and get the money and get signed by netflix and it's it's tough but i don't know working in the world of, of mental health being involved in this area just it feels so different it really does it feels like people um you know there's no money in this in this <laughs> as as we all know there's no, no money in mental health but we're that's not cool. we're not gonna get we're not gonna become millionaires doing this <laughs> no and that's cool and everyone knows that and everyone's yeah. on the same level do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um yeah, for me, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I, I could never do anything else now. Now that I'm particularly, particularly working with young people in terms of mental health, I'm sure Louisa would agree. It's, uh, it's such a privilege mm. getting to work with uh, our youth board, and uh, they're just, they're so inspiring. You know, these are people like in their teens and twenties that are so, you know, I learn so much from them every day about, you know, their mental health, my mental health. But you know, they've got so much wisdom, and it's something just really special you know, working with young people who are so open and passionate when it comes to this area. It makes you feel a bit more positive about like the future of the planet to get on a bigger scale, especially when you're talking to younger people and you're like, oh, you guys are good. You know what you're doing. I do honestly think that's true. I think that I think that Gen Z and the ones that come next are the ones that are literally going to, wait, is Gen Z the youngest? Are they the change makers? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're the young people. They're the young ones, aren't they? Um, yeah. I literally passed, I, I was driving past to get my son from nursery today and I saw, she must have been, I don't know, maybe 13 and she was holding a bag that said um, uh, wildlife, the Wildlife Foundation um, bag and it was basically plastic is my bag or plastic no no plastic is my thing or something like that and I was like yeah you are the ones that are going to fix this place right like they are the ones single-handedly that are going to fix this world um and I can't wait like I can't wait to watch them do it mm. yeah mm. just the story you told about the um 23 year old even mm. just him is Absolutely. like oh like just sit sit oh. back watch him do it and just feel so much more motivated to do stuff yeah. Oh, we can tell you loads more on that. We need to, we need to get them on <laughs> There's here. so many that are doing things, and, you know. There's one they, of them. they would be amazing guests. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we do. There's another one that is trying to um, explore the feasibility of introducing mental health days as excusable absences in schools. And, you know, in, in their work to kind of, you know, kick off that project, they um, interviewed lots of um, teachers they ran a lot of focus groups and they realized that there's no standardized code to for marking an absence by mental health like if you've broken your leg you've broken your leg on the whatever it is the register or whatever if you're not there 
because of anything other than a physical ailment it's just a sort of like there's there's no standardization to it so it varies between schools so nobody has a record of how many mental health days have been taken by young people and I mean just even just to start that conversation is massive that's wild to think about (laughs) yeah it's really fascinating because it is really sort of potluck I mean just from my own experience I was incredibly lucky because my school were really sort of supportive and I kind of assumed that maybe it might have been because one of my favorite teachers had maybe experienced some sort of mental health stuff themselves, but that was just me guessing. Um, but you just never know because you you might not have a teacher like that, you know. Um, and what about the Book of Hope? What's next for that? Are you planning to do a second one? Is it out in paperback soon? Mm, yeah, it's really exciting. In uh, next spring, it's going to be out in, in paperback. Uh, and I'm really hoping we can do a proper proper launch because obviously with, with the hardback, it came out uh this spring in 2021 and obviously we were you know we were still in lockdown and it was it was a difficult time so we couldn't do any proper uh you know promotional stuff we couldn't do any any uh proper launch so yeah i'm really really hoping that next spring when we do the launch the paperback we can have a a real get together i mean you know everyone's in different places so it might not be so so easy but uh, you know some people around the world in different different countries so yeah maybe not everyone together but if we could get some people together because I'd love uh, I'd love people to meet each other that were in the book um, you know face to face people have read others each other's extracts but to actually meet people face to face for those that are up for it I think that would be really really cool so yeah really excited for that that will be next next spring If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. Uh, Helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.